and welcome to Catholic Current, where we discuss our faith and events affecting the Church in the United States. From Washington, D.C., I'm Mara Moser. On Ash Wednesday every year, we take up a collection for the Church in Central and Eastern Europe. Here with us today is Jenny Healy, director of the collection, and our very special guest, Bishop Andrei Himyak of the Arch Eparchy of Kiev. Thank you very much, Bishop Himyak, for joining us here on Catholic Current. Welcome to you, Jenny, as well. So glad to have you both here in the studio with us. You know, it's almost unimaginable for us to think of daily life in the shadow of this terrible war in Ukraine for our brothers and sisters in Kiev and in all across Ukraine. How has daily parish life changed since the war kind of shattered normal daily life? I would say that in Ukraine we have two different lives. First life, it's life before 24th of uh, February uh, 2022. And the second life started uh, on this day of big war in Ukraine. And Ukraine changed from that time. Uh, we have in Ukraine uh, more than uh, 16 millions of people had moved from their houses. Some of them abroad and some uh, lived in other parts of Ukraine, central part of Ukraine or west of Ukraine. And it means that also the face of our parishes also changes. We have some parishes uh, where uh, there are no more these people that were before war, but we received a new people. Many people uh, in Ukraine opened for themselves uh, our church because our church was very active in not just pastoral life, but also in social uh, help to people with these first uh, things of needs, just food, water and some protection, because many people spent first months of uh, war in the basement of churches. And it was a place where people learned how to pray. And uh, we say in Ukraine that during war, there are no people that don't believe because uh, we see that people started to pray, especially in moment of heart, like missile attack. And um, how we live now, uh, actually after already two years of war, because in a couple of days we will celebrate, <laughs> we will uh, have the second anniversary of this big war in Ukraine. and. Um, we try to uh, still alive. We try to do something. We try to find a fight. We try to, to pray. And in this moment, um, in our many parishes, we have uh, our normal life, like spiritual life. Uh, we have liturgies. We have some other liturgy services. Uh, but uh, sometimes happens that during this prayers or liturgy, it could be alarm because it is possibility of um, missile attack for Ukraine. And uh, some priests make announcement that uh, it's dangerous. People, you could go to the shelters uh, to spend this time there. But uh, mostly priests not leaving the um, liturgies, but till, till to the end. Uh, some people just uh, stopped afraid this uh, alarm because they hope that not not happened to us this time. Mm -hmm. 
we try to live in this way uh, a little bit strange and really dangerous for people because uh, after, for example, if you this, hear this alarm one night, you go to the shelter, you don't sleep for two, three hours during the night. If you go to the shelter second night, third night, and you need to go for, to work uh, during day, children need to go to school. It means that after three or four days, you became crazy. Mm-hmm. And people start believe and pray, God, maybe my house will be safety during this night and I need to sleep mm-hmm. because tomorrow I need to go to work. And uh, for example, like two days, two nights actually ago, uh, in Kiev suffered more than like, four people were killed and more than a uh, couple, like decades of people injured. And because these people just sleep during this alarm. Yeah, so you're describing a yeah. situation where people have become used to yeah. hearing the alarms and yeah. they need to continue yeah. on with their yeah. daily life. Yeah. What wow. I do when I hear mm-hmm. alarm or I just hear also like our like system of protection work, uh, thanks to God, make a cross and and continue to sleep. Yeah. yeah. I hope that many people do the same. Mm-hmm. So they have to do what they need to do to survive yeah. Yeah. and um, continue yeah. with their, yeah. with their yeah. lives but, the best But they first can. months is actually of uh, war. Our churches was really places of real prayer. Mm-hmm. And so many people, even that they didn't believe before, came to our churches. Not just to hide, but also to pray and to open God for themselves. Mm-hmm. This is very important because... We, for example, I just, when we had our meeting, church meeting in uh, Wroclaw two weeks ago, I met one Ukrainian woman from Kharkiv. He told me her story of life uh, after starting of war. She escaped from Kharkiv, it's east of Ukraine to the west of Ukraine, and spent more than half a year in one uh, family, just we didn't know before, and said, oh, this family was very religious. Before I came to church, she was an Orthodox woman, and she said, I just came to church for Easter and Christmas and so on. But here, people go to church every Sunday, and I started to go with them every Sunday to the, to the church. And I said, and what now, how when you return to, to your home every city? And he said, no, now I'm going to, to the church uh, more than I did before, but not every Sunday. <laughs> But people st- trying to, to learn how to pray, and it's very important because during Soviet time, during communist time, people couldn't go to church, couldn't believe, and it was forbidden. And this uh, history we take till now because people uh, not uh, was educated how to pray. They didn't have like in Catholic school or some like catechism pro- program, so on. They didn't know how to uh, how to live in a religious life. Wow. So they're still learning, yeah, still learning. Dis- despite all the adversity or because of some of the challenges that they're facing. You know, sometimes adversity can bring out the best in people. Have you seen any kind of inspiring examples of um, how people are working to help one another, making sacrifices? Mm-hmm. I first I would like to tell generally, uh, in this period of war, um, we have uh, opened for our country a big like institution of uh, volunteer. Uh, there are so many people that started to be a volunteer in this war and help in different uh, situations how they could. But uh, the most important in this uh, time of war, like not just volunteer, but as, as a social uh, help, was 
good example of our worker of uh, Caritas Ukraine, also of Knights of Columbus, and our like uh, foundation or church foundation uh, Mudra Sprava. Uh, people and workers of these communities always go to the most uh, terrible uh, villages and cities of war because it was very dangerous. But they bring to people uh, some food because all stores and uh, supermarkets was destroyed and no food, no water, no like uh, anything. And this organization, uh, they make a risk of their life, but they bring this first aid to people. And this aid was really very important. Uh, just for example, our bishop in uh, Kharkiv was suffered a lot, the city. Uh, in just in first two months, uh, one uh, force of city was destroyed after Russian uh, missiles. And uh, he, hel he gave a help, like a food, for more than 2,000 people every day near parish. Uh, it was everyday work and they were very tired. But now, uh, when it became a little bit easier because uh, not so close to front the city now, uh, bishops still continue to help people and uh, with the parish and parishioners uh, and volunteers to give this help. But it's not so uh, like every day, it's just uh, twice a week. Uh, not just because uh, no more volunteers, but also uh, we feel like there is no so enough help uh, to give this social uh, help to people. Like no, no financial support for this uh, social work because first uh, months and first probably first year of war, uh, we feel that uh, world was very active. And all countries, all churches, parishes and organizations helped to people and try to give some like trucks of different products uh, or give some financial support. But uh, this at the end of the second war, second year of war, we feel that these activities is, became not so strong as it was in the beginning. And uh, now I just would like to invite everyone who see us um, to be more active. Not forget that in Ukraine we have not just war, we have in Ukraine a very big need of people. Uh, some organization make some statistics that in the two, uh, 2024, uh, more than 17 millions of Ukrainians, it's like one third of population, uh, will need some uh, special support mm -hmm. because uh, they, if, for example, if some families had some like special collected money before, they already spent this money during these two years of war. Many people lost their work job and they don't have like money salaries and they just need, need to uh, receive this help. Mm -hmm. And we invite everyone not forget for, about us and uh, support Ukraine in different way. First is actually it's like spiritual way. It's uh, prayers, mm -hmm. but also we need like material support and also military support for Ukraine. So let's talk a little bit about um, that aid that you're talking about, Your Excellency. You know, you don't want people in the United States to forget about the people in Ukraine and the war that is ongoing there. Given that we are one body in Christ, how can we in the United States support our brothers and sisters in Ukraine? Do you have any other examples of spiritual or material support that is making a difference 
in Ukraine? Yeah, actually, first I would like to really thank many uh, Americans for help uh, that we already received. Uh, in here in United States, we have a foundation of our uh, metropolis, Philadelphia metropolis, and um, this fund helped Ukraine more than seven or eight millions of uh, dollars, and it was very. It was uh, goes through our parishes and, and parishes uh, directly to to people, and it was very. Uh, useful, and we understand it's not just money of our Ukrainian people in the United States. It's money from different people uh, that know about this foundation and gave support, financial support, uh, and we are really very uh, grateful for, for that. But uh, as I said, war not finished, not stopped, and we cannot now speak about like the end of war because we feel that war in the not in the end. Uh, we hope that it will be finished today or, or tomorrow, but uh, because it's too many uh, people suffered and die, and uh, it's very dangerous also for our families, because many families it's like uh, separated because women and children go abroad, and uh, men couldn't go abroad because they need to defend their country. But in this moment, we understand that this war is not just war of uh, like armies, of military, but it's also spiritual war. Because uh, as we see in uh, this moment that it's too many uh, lies in, uh, in, this, in, in the world. Uh, it's so many disinformation. And Probably first thing that we, when we ask and we need, it should be truth about uh, war in Ukraine. No manipulation about war in Ukraine. Uh, we understand, for example, I just after my visit to Brazil, uh, our bishop said that it's very strong company, like pro-Russian company, information company against Ukraine. And even uh, not just government, but also people, uh, it's like so support Russia. Just some Brazilian understands that it's uh, who is victim, who, who is aggressor. Because it's uh, very important to understand that it's not war like between two like different uh, just countries. But uh, we need to understand that it's war that Russia started as aggression against independent state. And uh, other country couldn't like be just uh, viewers of this war. Uh, we ask all like democracy world to protect the international law and to protect Ukraine in our borders. We need uh, we ask about the support. And uh, second point, probably after this uh, inf information media. Uh, institution uh, we need also uh, spiritual way because we understand that uh, prayers helps us uh, very much we ask all christian all believers uh, to pray for ukraine we see in many places the slogan pray for ukraine uh, it's very good it's a good reminder but we need to pray because we see so many I would say miracles of this war. Its first miracle probably is that uh, all military experts gave us only three or seven days. 
and we already uh, struggle for our independence two, two years. And uh, even protection of KU, uh, actually after defense of KU, we understood that just uh, God grace and our actually, uh, I would say, unhuman uh, uh, like forces uh, of people uh, that we protected our capital. Uh, the enemies was so close to our homes. It was just seven kilometers. It's less than five miles from my house. Uh, it, uh, some of them even entered to KU, but uh, God's grace and thanks to God that actually uh, KU is standing. It means that uh, we need uh, in the world, first it's like our support in media, uh, also in spiritual way. And also we need, as I already said, we need uh, some uh, social support and uh, material support of our people, especially poor people that lost their houses, they lost their jobs, they lost uh, place to stay. And if they in age at 70 or 60 years old, they couldn't start their life just uh, from uh, white paper, just in a new way. They need really help. And uh, the, the, probably the, the last one also, because it's war, we also need this military support. And we uh, actually every day looking for your Congress and expecting about this, uh, how uh, your congressman will vote for this help for Ukraine. And we also pray that God will provide us because we need help in different way. At this point, I want to turn to you, Jenny. Um, to, you are the director for the collection for the church in Central and Eastern Europe. Could you talk a little bit about how that work is supporting Ukrainian Catholics? Yes, gladly. And uh, Bishop Andriy, you explained so well the, uh, the, the purpose of our collection to help Ukraine following the devastation of communism. So for so many years, with the, when the, the, the Ukrainian Greek Catholic Church was entirely abolished, the Roman Catholic Church was severely oppressed. It was uh, so many um, churches were destroyed, but also the way of how, of how to live as a Christian was destroyed. And so that's what the work of uh, this office at the USCCB, USCCB has been doing for the last 30 years. Mm -hmm. And so that meant that we were in uh, close contact with the bishops and church organization when the war broke out in February 2022. And so we were able to continue what we had been doing, but at a more rapid rate, and then add to what we were doing because the bishops and the priests were giving the humanitarian aid directly. So as you mentioned, a bishop in Kharkiv, two bishops, one Ukrainian Catholic and one Roman Catholic, began. Uh, they became the centers of, of the hubs of humanitarian aid, and so we were able to quickly send support um, to assist with that. And as the Lord provided, my predecessor in this position became the director of Caritas Ukraine. And so we've been in close contact with Caritas Ukraine, also supporting with material support. And then this year, supporting a program to give spiritual formation to all of the volunteers. As you mentioned, so many volunteers have 
come forward to do something in the face of the chaos and destruction. Uh, and they come with that natural human instinct to, uh, and goodwill to help. And so now Caritas Ukraine is preparing spiritual formation for them so that they can have a deeper understanding of what charity is, what it means uh, to, to more fully integrate um, the work. I hope that answered your question. It does. I just want yeah. to add Please. a couple of words. Uh, we really uh, feel this, this help from uh, American Bishops Conference. Um, and we already made some projects uh, together. And it's very especially it's for children uh, of this territory, just uh, very close to war and uh, this line of fire. And um, these children like spent their like some in summer time in some camps, some religious camps. And it just it was time of some relax for them, mm -hmm. and they returned home uh, very uh, different because uh, when you every day hearing the bombing is very different when you could just uh, could sleep calm uh, some hours. Mm -hmm. And other project was very important. It's a project with teachers because not no one teacher know before how to be with children during war. Right. It's actually experience that we didn't had for many years because just Second World War, but it's time very long. But now uh, this teacher had a very nice experience how to be with these children at the time. It's very important. And so other projects, but just these two I would remind. Wow, thank you for that reminder. Yeah, it's important to think of the children who are just having their childhoods yeah. shattered um, and trying to have a sense of normalcy for them and their parents who are doing the best they can. Jenny, I think you had some words you wanted to share with us today. Yes, I uh, so often receive messages of thanks from our friends in Ukraine. And so I thought this might be a good opportunity to share some of those words of thanks. And also it, it brings out how the material support is just one element mm -hmm. of the fact that we're supporting. And the other is the, the sense that they're not alone, that their brothers, we, their brothers and sisters here in the USA are united with them in this time of suffering. So one excerpt is from a, a priest, Father Gregos, who's in a parish in Rivne in the Diocese of Lutsk. And he said, we want to thank you, the U.S. Conference of Catholic Bishops, for support and for the opportunity to experience when fear changes into hope. We experience the events of the war, but it is a huge gift for us to be united in the church with God, peers, and in families. This helps us to believe in love and goodness, which death cannot defeat. That was a thank you we received for, as you mentioned, the children's mm -hmm. camps where the children from displaced, that were displaced could spend some weeks in the summer relaxing and changing their fear into hope. Another one is from the Bishop of the Eparchy of Kamionets Podilski. He wrote, your support provided 360 internally displaced persons with hot meals. Together, we created a common table that served more than food. Your kindness gave them a sense of security, love, and belonging. You touched hearts with psychological support, healing hidden scars. Thank you for everything you do. So I was really touched by these words of thanks, and I wanted to share those. 
Yeah, thank you for sharing that. It really brings it home. It's such a powerful reminder that when people are putting their money in the donation basket, you know, on Ash Wednesday, they may not be thinking about all the people that they're serving, but it really does go around the world and change lives and bring hope. For us, it's really very important that we are not alone. If you really suffer, but you suffer not alone, it's very important. Just uh, one example, uh, there are so many like people come to Ukraine really, uh, bishops and lay people, priests, and uh, just one point, uh, in this last summer, a uh, group of three bishops from Australia came to Ukraine and we visited the cemetery. On the cemetery was a tomb of uh, one of our soldiers that uh, died, was killed during protection of Irpin, very famous city uh, near Kiev. And his mother was right near and praying and we came to her and started to, to say a couple words and to pray together. And um, after that, she said, uh, I am very grateful that you come here, that we are not alone. And this bishop was very like surprised, they not they speaking about her son or something else. For her, important that she is not alone. It means that even in this time, we understand that not all people could come to Ukraine to be with us, not to be alone. But really, uh, every like small gift from people, it's like a hand, warm hand that we could feel in Ukraine. Because uh, you see, during this, like reading of these uh, words of our bishops and our priests from Ukraine, you you could feel some like warm words uh, of them because it's really help us to live during this war. As said our uh, Beatitude Svetoslav, um, that we stand, we fight, and we pray. It's important, like this message say to, to people that we do this, but we uh, don't want to be just alone in this process. Yeah, you certainly are not. Please be assured of all of our prayers. And thank you for coming here to speak with us today, Your Excellency. And thank you, Jenny, for joining us. Thank you. Thank you. And thank you for joining us for this edition of Catholic Current. You can find out more about this week's topic by visiting us online at usccb.org or follow us on social media at USCCB. I'm Mara Moser. See you next week. <laughs>